the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. We're so glad that you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Hey, guys. Good, good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. Yeah, good morning. Happy Monday. Yes. Today is a day of prayer for unborn children. So we'll start this morning uh, praying for all those sweet souls. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, our Creator, we give thanks to you who alone have the power to impart the breath of life as you form each of us in our mother's womb. Grant, we pray that we whom you have made stewards of creation may remain faithful to this sacred trust and constant in safeguarding the dignity of every human life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is also the Feast of St. Mary Ann Cope. Mary Ann Cope, pray for us. Pray for us. We have a great show for you today, starting off with some events in our listening area. That'll be in about nine minutes. Damien has a lot of them, so stay tuned. There's just so many wonderful things going on, and we don't want you to miss any of them. In 18 minutes, Danny Fitzpatrick joins us. He's the editor of Joie de Vivre, which is a quarterly print journal of Catholic art, culture, and letters for South Louisiana, brought to you by the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society. I'm looking forward to talking with Danny and learning a little bit more about Joie de Vivre today. In 35 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us. He is the co-author of the book, Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And every Monday he joins us to talk about how to raise Catholic teens in today's world. So it's always a fun interview and conversation with Alan. And in 48 minutes, Patrick O'Regan joins us. He's the president of the Young Catholic Professionals. And today he's gonna be talking a little bit more about YCP. We haven't talked about Young Catholic Professionals in a long, long time. And I'm excited to kind of bring this conversation back on the table, especially for young adults out there who wanna network, who wanna learn a little bit more about how to be Catholic in the professional world. So it's going to be a great conversation with Patrick today. And the weather, Damien, it's cold outside and yeah. it's raining all weekend, but we had a great one. Yeah, How about it was you? a little bit of a dreary yeah, weekend, but uh, we, we got through it. Plenty of sunshine today, though. It's going to make up for it. Uh, high is going to be close to 60, and it's going to be chilly, though. Winds out of the northeast at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. Enjoy it while you can, because guess what? Tomorrow we got a low-pressure system moving into the south Louisiana and all along the Gulf Coast, and that's going to combine with some wind shear, and it's going to make for a very windy wet day 90 percent chance of rain in the forecast and the winds are going to be out of the east southeast 
25 to 30 miles an hour, maybe gusting to 40. Uh, so I'm not sure an umbrella is going to help when you, if you get caught in the rain. Might want to wear uh, one of those uh, rain jackets. Keep that handy. Uh, once that blows through, though, we're going to have a great rest of the week. Uh, for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday with the highs in the 50s and the lows in the 30s. I say great. We'll see sunshine. Be cold, though. Temperatures in and around the area. Baton Rouge and Covington, it's 39 degrees right now. Elsewhere, home of Thibodeau, it's 42. Bay St. Louis, 41. And in the Crescent City, 46 degrees. <sighs> so, there, there you, you go. go. That's yeah. what you got coming up for the whole week. <laughs> weather-wise. In the meantime, we've got a lot of good events coming your way to tell you about. Uh, So get a pen and paper handy because we always tell you you might want to jot some of these down. If you're driving, just use that memory you have. (laughs) Right now it's five after. I'm Father Chris Decker. Today is the day of prayer for the legal protection of unborn children. The scribes who had come from Jerusalem said of Jesus, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he drives out demons. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Amen, I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. Today, we are asking God to heal us from the legalized murder of unborn children. This crime, this awful crime, challenges us to face the elephant in the room, which is a metaphor for an obvious problem that people don't want to confront. So while many of us abhor the legal slaughter of millions of innocent babies, we often refuse to face the unpleasant reality that our redefinition of marriage by the widespread acceptance of contraception is the root cause of this evil. The basis for the traditional Christian condemnation is clear. Contraception is evil because it's an intentional violation of the design God built into the sexual differences between a man and a woman, which are designed for procreation, not recreation. The early Christian fathers were unanimous in their opposition to contraception, which was condemned in the First Council of Nicaea in 325. Similarly, the Protestant reformers Luther, Calvin, and later John Wellesley also condemned contraception as gravely evil. The first break with this unwavering moral teaching came in 1930 by the Anglican Church, what followed, sadly, was a marked increase in birth control practices among Americans of all faiths. Even worse, pastors and theologians began teaching an evil approach to marriage and sexual intercourse that separated marital love from procreation. Spousal love was redefined to mean fulfilling my needs. 
not sacrificing myself for another person or my family. With the arrival of the contraceptive pill, it became easy to medicate a woman's healthy fertility to sever the act of intercourse from its natural consequences, a child. Once pleasure became the primary end of marriage, babies were the evil to be avoided, and therefore it was only a short time before abortion became widespread. Sixty-five million-plus babies murdered later. We Christians bear a large responsibility for this crime that cries out to God for vengeance. Self-centered, promiscuous sex is often called lovemaking. But the truth is, whether in marriage or outside of marriage, the cruel reality is it has very little to do with either genuine love or making. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Alrighty, welcome back to Wake Up 11 After the Hour. It's a happy Monday morning, and hopefully it's starting off well for you. Uh, hey, if you're tired of the hustle and bustle already of the new year, which I'd be surprised if you are, <laughs> but then again, with all the crazy things going on in our world, it may be time for you to attend the Emmaus Retreat for Men. It's going to be the weekend of February 24th to the 26th. The retreat is held at Rosaryville Spiritual Life Center and Retreat House. It's a beautiful, peaceful place in Ponchatoula if you've not been. The retreat will, will begin at 4 o'clock on Friday in the afternoon and at 5.30 in the evening uh, with a mass on Sunday. And an all-round-trip transportation going and coming back is St. Dominic's Catholic Church in New Orleans, or Metairie, depending on where you are. Mm -hmm. But uh, you can call the office, or I'm going to give you a number. Will Newell, here's his number. Call Wild Will at 504-909-4472. Okay, Wild Will. It's hard to follow that one. But (laughs) last week, Bonnie Mark joined us from the Diocese of Baton Rouge Women's Giving Circle. And so just a nice reminder, that giving season for the 2023 Baton Rouge Giving Circle begins next month on Wednesday, February 15th at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Baton Rouge. Members are invited to attend. If you're not a member, don't worry, it's not too late. You can join the Baton Rouge, the Diocese of Baton Rouge Women's Giving Circle. It is a community of philanthropically minded Catholic women dedicating to uh, raising awareness and funds to to distribute in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. It's a wonderful organization and wonderful uh, women to be involved with. Membership is $550 annually, or you can sponsor a friend. Check it out at diobr.org and join the Women's Giving Circle in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Yes, well, Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and you don't want to spend it alone, whether you're married, widowed, or divorced. But this is particularly for widowed and divorced people. So the Archdiocese of New Orleans Retreat Center invites you to join a Valentine's lunch called Live the Love Luncheon on Tuesday, February 14th, uh, followed by noon mass. So you can go to neworleansretreats.com to find out more information that's happening on Valentine's Day. So that's a really nice event. I like that. Yeah. You know, you're invited tonight 
to Holy Hour with Bishop Michael Duca. That's right. It's going to be tonight from 6 to 7 at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Baton Rouge. You'll have Eucharistic adoration, praise, scripture, and silence, of course. So uh, if you're not planning anything, what a beautiful way to spend time with the Lord. Uh, Again, tonight, 6 to 7 at Sacred Heart Catholic Church, Holy Hour with Bishop Michael Duca. Wow, that sounds wonderful. What a great way to start the week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's a great way to uh, enjoy your Advent or prepare fully for Christmas this year. Catholic Community Media is having Advent at Sea. Join Father Chris Decker on a four-night Western Caribbean cruise stopping in Cozumel, Mexico. That's December 7th through the 11th. Father Chris will celebrate Mass daily. He'll be available for daily uh, confessions and a little spiritual direction along the way. Check that out at ccmedia.live right there on the homepage. Yeah, we still have a few cabins available, so jump aboard and have fun and be with God all at the same time. That's right. All right, that's it for the events for today. Of course, you can always go to our website. In the meantime, it's 15 after on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 23rd. Today we celebrate St. Marianne Cope. Leprosy was one of the most dreaded diseases in 19th century Hawaii. But when Mother Marianne of Molokai looked into the eyes of someone suffering from the disease, she saw only the suffering face of Jesus. Born in Germany in 1838, she was a teen when her family immigrated to the U.S. and settled in Utica, New York. She entered the Sisters of the Third Order of St. Francis in Syracuse, became a teacher, and served as provincial. In 1883, Mother Marianne and six other sisters answered the call of the Hawaiian government to help serve people suspected of having leprosy. In 1888, she and two sisters went to Molokai, where they opened a home for women and girls. She also took charge of the home that Father Damien de Wooster had established for men and boys. Mother Mary Ann was a devoted servant and educator of the men and women under her care. She was their mother in every way. Mother Mary Ann continued her work for 30 years. At her beatification, She was praised as a witness to the beauty of the life of a true Franciscan. Pope Benedict XVI canonized her in 2012. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Welcome back. Damian Collado, along with Alicia Quibido and Gabby Smith. And with us right now, our guest, Danny Fitzpatrick, editor of Joie de Vie, a quarterly print journal of Catholic art, culture, and letters for South Louisiana. It's all part of St. Louis Nine Art Society. And uh, Patrick, welcome. I'm Danny. Welcome to, to Wake Up. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. So share with us about this new, rather new publication. I know uh, you guys continue to diversify. Uh, St. Louis Nine Art Society uh, really started out uh, re- promoting sacred artists in our area in South Louisiana, and now you're all getting into the print side of things. That's right. Yes, it's very exciting. And I, I think the first thing that needs to be said for me, it's just a, a word of gratitude to Dr. Jordan Haddad, who is mm. one of the founders of the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society. 
um, and the one who, when I moved back to Louisiana last summer, invited me to uh, help out with the journal. And so, yes, we are moving from uh, just sort of promoting and celebrating the work of some of our local Catholic artists. And by local, I mean kind of across South Louisiana. But now, yes, we're moving into the print journal world to have a space where we can not only further promote the work of some of our society artists, but then also have a place where we can have essays, fiction, poetry, and reviews um, of kind of our local culture and history um, and provide a, a platform where writers and artists from our community but also connected to our community across the world can put their work out there and help to celebrate this vivid culture that we have. Very nice. So uh, if I were to pick up an, an issue, the current issue, what would I find in it? There's a great variety, and that's one of the things that is so exciting to me about this journal, is that kind of as I mentioned before, we have a little bit of everything. So you would find an interview, for instance, with Jacqueline Warren, who's one of our SL9 artists. Mm-hmm. Um, the interview is conducted by uh, Blair Gordy Pierce, who is not only one of our SL9 artists, but also uh, our art editor. Blair is also the one who... Uh, painted the cover image, which is a beautiful mm. uh, depiction of St. Joan of Arc. Um, that was actually a commission for the SL9 Society, um, for, for one of our local churches. You would find an, a, an article by Josh Hoffpower, um, who is the principal architect of Hoffpower Studios, describing some of the work that he has done in renovating some of our churches, mm-hmm. uh, in particular, he talked about the church where he grew up and actually getting a commission to renovate that and all the wonderful things that they discovered as they, as they performed that renovation. There's an article by Dr. Chris Baglow, who, of course, is a, uh, a New Orleans uh, personality, right? spent many years at Notre Dame Seminary and now is at uh, the University of Notre Dame in South Bend. Um, that one is, is kind of drawn in some of the work that he's done for many years with Walker Percy. Another great, of course, uh, Louisiana writer. Um, there's a short story. There are a couple of poems, one by a Louisiana native, uh, Tommy Jacoby, who's now an editor at Ignatius Press, um, one by Harry Clifton, who's a professor at Trinity College Dublin, um, one, of my, one of my former professors. And, uh, yeah, so there's just, uh, I mean, as, I, I don't want to go on for too long about it, but there's, there's so many different things in here that give... I think such a wonderful idea of the breadth and depth of the literary and artistic tradition that has formed Louisiana for so long and is still so very much alive today. Well, I love the fact that even though it's the St. Louis Nine Art Society, you're taking art all the way from uh, the visual to to the writings and the literature. Are everyone that you guys feature are are they all Catholic? In faith? It's so we are happy to feature um, anyone who at least their work is not antithetical to the faith. So most okay. of the most of the people that we have in this issue and that we've got planned for the coming issues are people who are actively Catholic. Um, but of course kind of uh, you know we're certainly in the tradition of the church throughout the ages um, open to art um, in sort of any form, art from more or less any confession, as long as it is 
consonant with the faith. Okay. And we're talking to Danny Fitzpatrick. He's editor of Joie Vie, a new publication, which is part of the St. Louis Nine Art Society. Share with us a little bit about the Society's goal. It's apparent that you guys are going to continue to grow and do various things. For example, what you're doing right now is very unique, I would think, in today's world. And the pieces that you're creating, the issues, are going to be uh, able to be held by folks for years to come and look back and see some of the great early works in some cases of some of these uh, poets, theologians, and historians. Yes, yeah, it's really, really exciting in that respect. And that's that's one of the reasons that, of course, we did want to have uh, a print journal, um, Mm -hmm. that it is something people can hold in their hands. And we do publish content online at our website as well, which is jdvjournal.com. But I think the work of the Art Society as a whole is, I mean, to me, one of the most important and exciting things that's going on in our area right now. Um, The society, of course, in general, exists, I think, to not only help to celebrate the idea of beautifying our churches and our public spaces, which is, of course, an idea that I think most everyone can get behind, of course, all desire beauty and want to have it there around us, especially in the places where we worship. But the society helps to go beyond just the the sort of idea and the celebration of it to, okay, how can we actually make this happen, right? So let's find the artists, let's find the funding, right? Let's bring together a community of donors um, so that we we can make this project a reality. And that's the thing that's been, to me, so amazing about the society in general, is that uh, they've just been getting things done. And, uh, you know, from, from Dr. Haddad to, to Blair Pierce to Jacqueline Warren, uh, to Norman Foshe and so many other people in this community, I'm just astonished at the amount of uh, work that people are putting in and the things that are happening already to beautify our parishes um, and to beautify our part of the world. Yeah. Where are you getting the funding from? And is there a cost for the publication if I want to subscribe to it? You share with us both sides of that. Sure. So the funding comes from a variety of sources. So we have, so Dr. Haddad has uh, been able to work with, with a good many donors uh, on, the, on the various projects of the society. As far as the first issue of Joie de Vivre, um, we've been very grateful for uh, the sponsorship of Cody Reed, um, who is a, a great Catholic uh, based in Covington. Um, he works works at the Knights of Columbus there, um, and he has he's been a tremendous supporter of the society in general, and now in particular of this first issue of Joie de Vie. Um, as far as uh, subscription options, so we have a variety of opportunities available, and again, this is all. Uh, available through the website, jdvjournal.com. Um, so you can, of course, just get a single issue of the magazine, uh, which those are $12 for annual subscriptions. Right? So that would be for four issues over the space of a year. Uh, the cost per issue goes down uh, to $10 per issue, so $40 for an annual subscription. And then something we're especially excited about is we've reached out to parishes uh, all across South Louisiana. Uh, so all four of the, the dioceses that make up this part of the, the state. And for parishes, we have a special bulk subscription order. Mm. So essentially, 
um, any parish that orders uh, 50 or more copies of the first issue, um, the cost per issue goes down to just 350 per issue. Um, so if a parish wants to order 50 copies of the first issue, um, it would be $175 uh, for that. The cost goes down further if the bulk subscription is an annual one. Um, so the cost goes down to just 325 per copy um, of orders of 50 or more annual subscriptions for a parish. And we're also excited to kind of pair up um, sponsors and parishes. So one thing right now is um, for, for many parishes, they might not, of course, set their budget until like midsummer. Um, and so any folks out there who desire to maybe help out their parish and sponsor their parish subscription, um, that, is, that is something that we are uh, happy to facilitate as well. Very good. Danny Fitzpatrick, thank you so much, and best of luck to you with the uh, Joie de Vie publication, a quarterly print journal of Catholic art, culture, and letters for South Louisiana. Uh, the Society's doing some great things. Y'all keep up the good work. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. All righty. If you want to learn more, go to jdvjournal.com. So uh, mm -hmm. have you all had a chance to, to thumb through the publication I've, Just yet? online, yes. but uh -huh. not in person. Yeah. I haven't touched post. it, yeah. right? right. Yeah. I like to flip in person instead <laughs> well, of clicking. <laughs> you flipped it, I Gabby? I did want to kind of... I did flip it, and it's absolutely gorgeous, uh, but definitely check that out. I did want to say, real quick, special announcement. So today, Bishop-elect John Tran will be ordained as an auxiliary bishop for the Archdiocese of Atlanta, beginning his service to 1.2 million Catholics in Georgia's largest city. So we continue to keep Bishop-elect uh, Tran prayers, especially today. What an amazing event. For an amazing nice. time in his life, really. Yes. Right. Amen. Right. And God bless him. All right. Well, Big Al Migliorato's coming your way. He's always talking something about teens. And in today's world, that's worth listening to. It's 30 after the hour on a Monday morning on Wake. It's 35 minutes after the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth on a Catholic Community Radio. I'm Alicia Quibido with Gabby Smith and Damian Collado. And we have our Monday morning friend, Alan Migliorato, joining us. Alan is the founder of Adventure Catholic Youth Leadership Formation Training. He is the author of The Manly Art of Raising a Daughter and co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. Good morning, Alan. Hey, good morning, y'all. Happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you with us this morning. Uh, anything exciting happening? Well, there's always something hap exciting happening in leadership formation training. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, there's always opportunities. Right now, so the seniors that are in the youth group that I that I work with, uh, may, the, the main youth group that I work with there, um, I gave them a challenge. You know, they're like, we want to do something, you know, for us graduating. And I said, well, listen, why don't you guys plan a trip, you know? Oh. And they're like, what do you mean, like, plan a trip? I'm like, look, if you want to go somewhere, you want to do something together, you plan it. You're, you're going to be seniors, seniors in high school. You're going to be graduating, going off to college. Mm -hmm. Probably won't see this group of kids that you guys have hung out with for the last, you know, eight years together very often. So if you want to do something, like you plan it, and that means you figure out how much it's going to cost, where you want to go, how long you want to stay, you wow. know, you do the, all the logistics and you, and you present 
the the church with the the church office with the plan and see if they'll help or if they'll contribute or you know or or come up with something and Mm -hmm. so they've been working on that and they presented an idea to me last night i thought it was really cool because they had a lot of the details worked out. There was obviously a lot that I that I knew were, were missing. But, mm-hmm, right. um, I, you know, I just kind of asked. I'm like, so I said, oh, that sounds good. You know, so how? What about what about food? Have you guys thought about like how much that's going to cost? And they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, we got to eat. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, eating is important to me. I'd rather not go anywhere and just eat than go somewhere and not eat. So, right. Like, but I, you know, I want to let them come up with these ideas and fail. So they came up with a really cool plan. And they're going to kind of tweak it a little bit based on, you know, not, I did not suggest anything. I just asked questions and they came up with, you know, um, the way that they think that they need to tweak this plan to get it accepted. And they're supposedly presenting it next week. So that's, wow. that's a really great way to give them an opportunity to show that they're leaders because yes. we're not handing them like a trip that's already done. And the cool thing about it is I didn't even mention it, but one of like the focus, one of the main focuses of this trip is a spiritual aspect. They want to go visit like a cathedral in in Savannah, you know. Oh. And so I thought that was like a really cool part of of not wow. even like suggesting or pushing it on them, but they just want to kind of, you know, worship together. And so it's a really great group of kids and and we try to do it every year where we go let these the kids come up with something and and uh you know they don't always do it, you know, that's right. that's amazing. Like we we don't make them do it. Sometimes they don't. Really? That's interesting. So, do you find, Alan, when when you throw out an idea like that to a group of teens, do you find that there's just a natural leader in the group, or or did they work together and just listen to each other's ideas? Well, sure. I think with any group, um, you know, there's going to be there's going to be a group. If all of us got together, there's naturally there's going to be somebody that kind of takes charge yes. of something. Yes. But I think strong leaders don't don't take over. I think that they look for the people's strengths. And there's, yeah, there's one boy in particular that is kind of the, I guess the ringleader when he shows up, he brings like seven or eight kids with him all the time. Mm. Like he'll sit down in the front of the, in front of mass and like they'll, they'll all sit together. Um, And if he's not there, like maybe two or three won't show up. So he's kind of their ringleader. But what's cool about him is like, we worked, I've worked with him since, I mean, he was very young, you know, and this is not because of me. This is just (laughs) like him picking up on stuff Mm -hmm. uh, that he finds the strengths of the kids in his group. And so, like, one, one kid is, like, just really well-connected. So, like, with, like, all these different, like, his mom works for hotels, and so, like, he's got, you know, ways. So this boy Adam was like, yeah, well, you find out, you know, how much the hotels are going to cost. Would you be okay with that? And I just kind of listen That's and awesome. watch. But, yeah, naturally, That's there's awesome. going to be somebody that kind of steps out to that point man. Yes. Uh, but a strong point man does not demand, you know. Like, You're he'll right. find the strengths of the people in his group and kind of and ask them if, if they wouldn't mind taking charge of different, you know, delegations. That's awesome. Alan, this sounds to me like uh, opportunities to fail forward when you're having teens plan a trip. So for our listeners who are not familiar with Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens today, give us a little overview uh, overview of uh, letting our kids fail. So this method that I'm using is called COPEC, C-O-P-E-C. It stands for Challenge, Observe, um, Oh my gosh, process. <laughs> uh, it means remember, no, challenge, observe, process, evaluate, and challenge again. So I gave them the challenge, for example, of, of stepping up and taking charge of something. And all I'm doing now is observing. I'm just kind of mm-hmm. watching what's taking place, letting them process the information later on. So how do you guys think you did? Where did you think you failed? 
then you know that's that helps them with the evaluation step that comes after which is me kind of giving my evaluation uh and then challenge again so a few years well i mean three or four years five years ago my daughter planned a trip with another girl in the youth group and she was she naturally kind of stepped up and took charge her and this other girl and like everything went wrong on this trip like i can't oh, tell you how we were supposed to eat dinner like like they had it planned like down to the minute it was like six o'clock we didn't eat till like eleven thirty at night the oh, restaurant that they had scheduled for that day they thought we could go to they never made reservations the restaurant was closed oh no so like that was the next night so like everything was kind of thrown off but they had a great time and and we just laughed about it because everybody's alive everybody's okay mm -hmm. and and they learn from their failures mm -hmm. like okay well we should have so i asked questions like what you know what could we have what could you have done to make sure like you know this went a little smoother well we could have made reservations we could have called and made sure they were open that day or we could have left a little earlier so these are just ways to you know, to, to challenge our kids. We learn from failure. Mm -hmm. If we constantly are saving our kids from failing, we're not doing them any favors because they're going to fail one day when we're mm -hmm. not there and they're not going to know what to do to re right. recover. Right. You're right. Especially these kids going off to college and having to make so many decisions on their own, uh, you know, like setting their alarm to get up to get to class on time. If we're constantly waking them up, how are they going to be able to succeed uh, when they're in college and mm -hmm. beyond that? So, Alan, do you think this trip, are, are you the one who is the uh, chaperone every time? Uh, no, not always. Okay. I mean, I, I probably will be. I mean, if I'm, I, I dep it depends on when they want to go. If they want to go okay. like during the week, like I, you know, I run a business, and so yes. like that's not usually possible. But this, they really kind of want me to go with them this year, and so they're like, well, when can you go? And I'm like, listen, that's make great. your plans, and if I can go, I'll be there. Don't don't run it around me. That's you great. Know? So, I, but they really kind of did. Like they know that I'm off on the weekends, and so they they say, would you be okay like missing Thursday and Friday and maybe Monday? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I try to go. That's great. That's great. And, you know, you remind us every Monday when we talk to you, you always remind us, and it's, it's almost an aha for me, about how important it is to ask questions of your children, not just say, you know, I think that this is best for you, but, you know, how, what do you think about this? And what do you think about the de that decision that you made? And really having those open, uh, asking those open-ended questions to our teens. Well, and we got to be careful too. We can't ask questions that are really kind of pushing them to do something like, "Hey, did you make the reservations? Hey, did you make that phone call? Did you did you shower? Did you brush your teeth?" For the love of God, you know, it's been, we can't ask questions like that. It's got to be more like, "Well, how do you think this is going?" Or what what do you think could what, what do you think could work better? What worked really well? Like, what do you what are you super proud of with this with this uh -huh. decision? But yes. not, it can't be those guiding questions like, hey, when are you going to mow the lawn at 10 o'clock like I asked you to? You know, it's got right. to be, you know, open-ended. Yes, yes. So what's your open-ended question about why the lawn isn't mowed? Exactly. So how would you say, so explain to me how that grass is going to get shorter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How, how does the grass get shorter by itself? Can you okay. walk me through this? I'm Get trying to understand. You know? There you go. There you go. Okay. Okay. I have a teen who needs to uh, work on cleaning his bathroom. And so I keep on, I don't ask when, like, did you do it? Did you do it? But I'm, I'm going to think of a good yeah. open-ended question for that cleaning. Oh, that I got bathroom. one. So you can tell him, hey. You could say, listen, I don't know if you knew this or not, but your towel walked out by itself the other day just because it was scared of everything else in the bathroom. So That's a good I'm not one. sure what you want to do about that. I think I'm going to get an eye roll from that question, but but I think I, I, I might, I'm going to inspect the uh, bathroom today before he gets home from school, and then I'm, I'm going to come up with a good one, and I'll fill you in on that later, Alan. <laughs>
Or just tape off the, like a crime scene there, in front of the door. That might be better. <laughs> that oh, might no. be better. Uh, Alan Migliorato, founder of Adventure Catholic Youth Leadership Formation Training. Check him out at AdventureCatholic.com and on Facebook. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Alan. Okay, guys. God bless you. Have God, a great week. God bless you. Wow. Stick around. Patrick O'Regan, chapter president of the New Orleans chapter of the Young Catholics Professional, is joining us. You're tuning your hearts to the truth. It's 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. It is 48 past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Collado and Alicia Quibido. Our next guest is Patrick O'Regan. Patrick is the president of the Young Catholic Professionals in New Orleans. Today, he's going to tell us a little bit more about this organization. Good morning, Patrick. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning, Gabby. Yeah, happy to be here. It's good to have you with us. So let's learn a little bit more about you because it's been a while since we've talked about the Young Catholic Professionals. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure, sure. Happy to. So um, like you said, my name is Patrick O'Regan. I was born and raised in Laplace, Louisiana, a little town between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Um, I graduated in, uh, in accounting from LSU back in 2012, and I still to this day work in accounting and technology advisory. Um, I moved to Houston after graduating, lived there for about seven years, and I still work in that mm-hmm. field, but now I live in New Orleans, um, and par- uh, partially thanks to the pandemic, was able to was able to get back to Louisiana. Wow. Well, we're glad to have you back in the state of Louisiana. Of course, Houston is a wonderful place to be as well, but you are also the president of the Young Catholic Professionals. Tell our listeners a little bit more about YCP. Sure, sure. So uh, YCP is essentially a community of young people in our 20s and 30s um, who work in all different job fields, different professions and whatnot. And um, I think I think the main purpose that we're here is to bring that community together and really uh, mm-hmm. share wisdom, share stories, challenges, successes with each other, um, because uh, we're all working hard at our job, you know. And um, a lot of times we think of just yeah. our faith and our Catholic our, our Catholic identity in terms of um, you know mainly whenever we're discerning uh, you know the faith, the Lord's will in in our daily life. Um, but not as often in, in the context of work, which is where we need it a lot. You know, we have those challenging coworkers mm-hmm. and managers and decisions. So uh, we, we come together with, um, you know, focus on, on how to be strong Catholic professionals in the workplace, how to, how to work and witness for Christ. Absolutely. That's such a great point. We bring so many strengths and personalities to the workplace as well. Of course, not many people can work in a religious setting like Catholic community media or a diocesan setting. But how can we bring real quick for those who are tuning in, you know, our faith life into work? Because sometimes that's not welcomed. Right, right. Yeah, it can be it can be definitely challenging. I think um, the first thing is, is likely to listen, right? Uh, may, maybe I'm mm-hmm. just coming in hot from Sunday's gospel. Whenever, whenever Jesus <laughs> called Simon and Andrew while they were working, right? Mm-hmm. And they didn't, they didn't work for the diocese. They weren't Pharisees or anything like that. They were just two normal guys out there fishing, doing, doing their job. I think it's listening to God um, and, and hearing his voice in all the challenging times. And then, 
and bringing a lot of that to prayer. Um, but there's a lot of styles out there. There's not one way to do it, right? And and I think YCP does yeah. a good job of bringing um, a lot of different perspectives, uh, a lot of different young people. In, and, and, you know, sometimes the workplace will have a really big um, impact on that, right? Uh, what, what a nurse goes through on the floor, uh, the, the decisions she has to make or he has to make, is going to be a lot different than me because uh, I sit behind a laptop all day. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's a very, it's a very different and challenging, um, environments. Absolutely. Patrick, tell us the age group of those who can participate in events, uh, with the young Catholic professionals. Yeah. So our target is twenties and thirties, young adults in their, in their twenties and thirties. Um, so, um, in New Orleans, we have, we have a few folks that are, that are in school, right? We have a, a, a good amount of folks that, that come from the Tulane Loyola group. Um, folks that are in grad school here um, as well. We also, you know, we range, you know, to to the upper upper thirties, and and a couple of our folks are still in their in their you know lower forties. So, really, um, hitting, you know, we're we're bringing in speakers, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But we're bringing in speakers yeah. that cultivate, um, uh, I guess, like a community of uh, of young Catholic professionals. That that way, we're all we're all talking about the same unique challenges that we're dealing with. Absolutely. And sometimes we need to feel like we're not alone or see that or talk to someone our age who's also in the workplace. Uh, And we talked a little bit about that on Friday, but of course, we're going to save that for another interview, Patrick. But tell us what the events are like at Young Catholic Professionals. Yeah, yeah. So a a little different than um, a lot of uh, a lot of other young adult ministries, especially in in New Orleans. But um, so we, we have a couple different types. So the first one and probably the most popular one is our executive speaker series. So mm-hmm. this is where we're bringing in Catholic professionals and leaders that are a little bit more seasoned than us. So, um, you know, usually in their, their 40s, 50s, um, and they're there to just share their story, their wisdom with us. Um, sometimes these are, sometimes these are you know, executives at, at companies that, that started out their career in finance, and other times it's, it's an engineer or, you know, a doctor, and we even had some theologians come through. So what happens is, you know, we walk in, we're going to get a nice little name tag. We'll have a little uh, food and beverage hour. We call it a networking happy hour while we're there. And uh, we'll have food and, and, you know, drinks. And we'll just join, you know, join each other in conversation, visit, catch up. And then, uh, and then the speaker will go on. And then before that event, we have an optional adoration or mass for those folks that are coming in after work. You know, our events start at, at 7 o'clock. So some folks don't want to drive all the way back to Kenner, you know, sit around their house for an hour and then go to the event that might be in New Orleans um, because we switch it up. You know, we go to different parishes. So we have that. We have a mass and, and adoration hour and we have confession there. Uh, so if you need to go and, you know, and spend some time in front of the Lord before, uh, you know, the food, the food and beverage hour, then that's there for you. Um, we also have happy hours. So once, once a month. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It, you know, it builds that community, and that's what it's all about. Like you said, you know, it can it can get lonely up here. Uh, but we also have happy <laughs> hours. We'll we'll pick out a new a new bar, restaurant, hotel, wherever. We'll find a new place in the city um, each month. Um, you know, have a little have a little bar tab for our members, but it's something small because it's really it's really about getting everyone together. Um, but mm-hmm. as young professionals, we like to go enjoy enjoy a drink with each other after a long day. Um, we also have Advent and Lenten retreats. Uh, we get together just for one Saturday. We call them St. Joseph Saturday. 
um, which St. Joseph is very um, relevant in our world. Uh, St. Yeah. Joseph is our patron yeah. saint. You know, he's known for um, for for being for for being still, uh, for for, for mm-hmm. reflecting and, and prayer. So uh, he's he's a, a simple righteous carpenter, as they say in the gospel. So mm-hmm. that's uh that's that's who that's who we look to for intercession. Uh, we have the St. Joseph Saturdays to help us get centered. Um, those are the three main things. That's a- we also offer. Oh, sorry. Well, we're running out of time. We're running out of time, Patrick. What a wonderful way to unwind, especially stepping into adoration and being in that quiet place. Of course, we're going to have you on again to dive deeper into young Catholic professionals. Uh, But where can we go to find out more information about the organization? Wonderful. Yes. Uh, YCPNewOrleans.org is our website. All of our events are there and information about us. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Patrick O'Regan, president of Young Catholic Professionals. We will talk to him shortly. So uh, looking forward to that conversation, Patrick. Thank you so much and have a wonderful start to your week. Thanks, Abby. You too. God bless. What a great organization. I've been to a few events before COVID and I actually really enjoyed the executive uh, series as well. Those talks. It's a great way to learn more about others. Good organization. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Great day today. Hopefully you enjoyed it, folks. We know we enjoyed having you, and we're going to wrap up with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, all that I have and possess. You have given it all to me. To you, O Lord, I return it. All is yours. Dispose of it wholly according to your will. Give me your love and your grace, for this is sufficient for me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.